What's up, movie streamers and filmmakers? Little does Eric know that these are split channels, and I get to cut out everything he's doing right now. Well, I didn't know where you were going, and I was going to, oh, it's not movie makers. It's no, not filmmakers. It's not Because no one's going to the movies right now. They're all I streaming. do. I go to the movies every night at home on my TV. Not the same. Right there. It's just not the same, you know? You're right. It isn't. It absolutely not isn't. Right. I miss I the theater. Have, I don't have the big 7.1 and the well, I don't Atomos either. system and all that. Atomos? Well, it's <laughs> Atmos. Atmos, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Too many, too, and too many atomoses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we're we're recording. We're together. Uh, yes, I the see the room. red light on the record oh, shut button. Up. <laughs> I just meant that social distancing is. Uh, well, it's still a thing for me mostly, uh, and my wife. But we're you know we're, we're taking it very cautiously, and uh, as I think everyone should be. Still, I was at a restaurant last night. I for can't the believe first you did time. that. I, I mean, we and, the, were, and then now we're in the same room. We were legit. Um, it was uh, me and Cameron, and we were. How many? How many coughs did you hear? Did you hear any coughing? No, because no. I, mean, I just—that's I, my biggest curious curiosity. Is mm-hmm. like, like what paranoia? Yeah, <laughs> right. And 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 they weren't sitting people in 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 booths right next to each other or in oh. tables right next to each other. They were all spread out. Um, I mean, there was a minute there where a group of four people came and sat at the bar because they were all together. And then there was another, you know, so the social aspect of it got a little closer than the six feet range in the bar area. But we were in the uh, table like the and yeah, we were a good 12, 15 feet from anybody. But you all came through the same door and went out the same door. Yeah. And dealt with the same cash registers. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. I mean, I didn't touch the cash well, register. I know you didn't, but somebody touched your card and went to the cash register. It wasn't my card. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, smart ass. Smart ass. ass. There yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, people still need to be careful out there. That is true. Uh, that is true. Yeah. yeah. And um, I did call ahead and they said it's limited seating. They're spacing it out. And it's first come first serve. They're they're not doing any kind of special RSVP thing or anything wow. like that. And it was, um, I'm like, okay. Somebody was telling me about this one restaurant that had um, like inner tubes mm-hmm. or uh, rafts or something that you actually sat in, so that you were forcefully a certain amount of feet away, oh, you wow. know, because the rafts or the inner tubes were 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 big enough to like kind of make a little bubble around you. Yeah. Um, Speaking of bubble, uh, I was in a very weird music video shoot. Not weird, sorry. That that sounds rude, but uh, very unique. Yeah, it looked cool. I saw the Instagram. Yeah, page. I so, was like, "What is that? And what are you doing?" <laughs> so Saturday night, we went out to the desert, and we went with this company, um, Bubble Huts, um, and they provided this giant igloo-looking bubble hut thing uh-huh. that's just inflated with air, and it's. Uh, Translucent, yeah, Yeah. translucent, right? And um, it it was crazy, man. I mean, the thing's huge, and it sounds like you're in the center of the universe when you're standing in it. Did it get hot inside there? Surprisingly, no. Like really, in the middle of the day, it was warmer, but we didn't start filming till like six, Uh and it wasn't too bad. Wow, because the blower is constantly throwing air in. Getting a circulation of air. Well, no, there's (laughs) that's that was the problem. Is actually it wasn't hot, but it was very still. Oh, and so that and was so almost you're getting dizzy in there because there's not enough oxygen. <laughs> I don't know. 
girl's passing out. Yeah, Ooh, right. Oh, I mean, she was dancing and everything too. But yeah, it was a music video for this uh, this artist. But um, it was it was wild, man. I mean, uh, I, I've never done anything like it. It's one reason I wanted to do it, and um, it was it was very unique. So, are you editing it? Is it post right now? Or it'll be in post in June. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they'll they'll start having some stuff. Um, we'll start putting some stuff up in, in about a month or so. Uh, maybe a little later. We're trying to make sure that we're not uh, super tone deaf deaf to uh the times right now you know um well if she's in a bubble i mean that's pretty <laughs> right i mean the song is yeah it's about isolation and all that but um you also it's it's on the humorous side mm -hmm. so you don't want to release something kind of poking fun at the whole situation of you you know having to be isolated when yeah, people yeah. actually are kind of you know right being sick and dying and uh, all that stuff so um but this was the only time that we were going to be able to do it, especially here in Arizona in the desert. You don't, yeah, you don't want to film it in a, a month from now and we'd just all be dead. So um, from heat exhaustion, not coronavirus. <laughs> or both. Or both maybe. But um, yeah, so it, it was it was cool. It was uh, it was crazy unique and um, I had quite a bit of fun filming it. And it was my first time doing uh, four by three aspect ratio oh, yeah. on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So why why four by three? Well, um, yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in uh, everything you do for the film should be for the story that you're telling. Yeah, there's a purpose for yeah, everything, including right. the aspect ratio. So camera movements all have a purpose as to why you move them the way you do, whether it's smooth or still or handheld or whatever. But yep. um, So the song is energetic, so it's all handheld, um, aside from a couple drone shots. So that goes with the mood of it. But then we did four by three because isolation. So um, ah, you have very bars nice. on the side yep. and that helps convey, mm -hmm. um, you know, being isolated and being yeah. uh, claustrophobic. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uses for that um, format, that aspect ratio uh, and, and more than just like, well, it's kind of the it thing right now. And what about you know? lens length? Because the, and the, the reason why I bring that up is, is because, what what you just described immediately reminded me of 12 angry men oh sure and 12 angry men they do yeah. that and they shoot it and the lens length that they shoot it in as the movie progresses is longer, tighter longer. and tighter yeah. and so you get this you get this confined you you know you're in a room yeah and it's the you know the tenseness is right is being conveyed by the the you know the the focal length the of focal, the yeah, right. yeah exactly we we didn't do a whole lot of um and this this is where it's like yeah your ideas work until you get on set type <laughs> right, of a thing yeah. the so theory, the theory good on paper <laughs> right and and you have an idea and you're like oh i'd love to shoot this long the entire time mm -hmm. um to also help convey the you know the the claustrophobicness of it um but then you get in there and you're like oh there's not actually that much room between the plastic wall and the the music artist right i can't stand there with a um you know an 85 millimeter or a 135 millimeter yeah too close not going to be in focus right right uh or you're just going to all, all i'm going to see is her eyebrow um <laughs> because that's how you know zoomed in it would be i mean that might be interesting yeah i guess so for certain people maybe Take, some taking a note yeah, out of uh phone booth yeah that's yeah but um i think we I think the aspect ratio and then also just um, we have quite a few shots showing kind of how um, 
alone in the desert the bubble is you know mm-hmm. like it's very like there's a few drone shots there's a few very wide shots and I, I threw so it was we were mostly um mostly i would say 35 millimeter the whole time but i mean i'm 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 a f- two three feet away from her so yeah. it looks you know it's pretty close but yeah you don't get the same vibe as uh, like a 12 angry men or whatever and again that but that just came down to it was the limitations of the shoot and you just you make it work um with what you have and so as long as you're not abandoning all of your ideas i think you know um the claustrophobicness will still be conveyed now is the drone shots also in four three they will be yeah Yeah, so i shot them with that in mind very symmetrical yeah um, bubble in the middle type of stuff so um yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting project to get into and um we're gonna try and make it look a little retro-y you know kind of 90s-esque a little bit with the uh the color grade and um overexposing of like the highlights and stuff like that just kind of blow them out a little bit but uh it, yeah it should, it should be pretty cool uh pretty cool little bubble video once it's all done so um but that's yeah a pretty unique idea i mean it was that's kind of what drew me to it you know yeah. she came to me with that idea and i was like yeah there's zero budget for this but i'm i don't know when i'm ever going to be able to do something like this again so yeah i'll jump on it sure yeah that's cool um i'm just glad that it wasn't in the middle of july when we filmed it, <laughs> when we filmed it so uh especially here anyways uh so this is a little bit of what i've been up to what do yeah, you yeah that's to, great i mean i finally kicked out another youtube video for the About first time. time in like months yeah it's yeah it's been a while it's been hard um you know just the season of grief that we've been in and um I've just totally lacked motivation to do just about anything. Um, yeah. Anything creative outside the scope of what my regular responsibilities are. But sure. Um, and so, yeah, um, I, I've, I've got a whole box full of brand new unopened gear, like gimbals and microphones and all, like literally wow. since the it's like three or four months sitting in the box ready to get some youtube reviews of and so i was like all right let me i finally kind of got my desk dialed in i got a new monitor and and i'm like okay i can i need to start making some stuff again and it's cool because the whole pro the the whole initial reason why i started the youtube channel in the first place was was practice we're talking about practice not not a game not a game talking about practice as a 10 year old <laughs> meme that you're bringing back it's older than 10 i'll tell you that yeah. um i think it's 14 anyway doesn't matter um, alan iverson we love you uh but so the the idea is is that the more i'm practicing shooting editing processing yeah i'm gonna you know the more reps you get the better you're gonna get right the more things that you learn and and sure enough I've got these video, these LED backlight, these color wash backlights, right? And which are super cool, you know, super vibey. But flicker, um, there is an interpolation mm-hmm. flicker that happens, and so um, you got to be mindful of the the intensity of the light frequency. You've yep. got to be mindful of the color light frequency. You've got to be mindful of your frame rate, shutter and speed, shutter speed, and so. 
Um, or shutter angle for if you, you. If you happen to stumble there. on that video, which was a first impressions on this Bluetooth microphone um, that was released at CES called Smart Mic Plus, the, the backlight's all blue because on my monitor, the blue at that intensity shooting at 20, I think I was shooting at 23. Yeah, 23, or whatever. And it was, and it looked fine. Yeah. And then after I rendered it, it was, it, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll get distracted by the wavy blue yeah, right about in the, the middle. Rolls, right. <laughs> so the rolling shutter issue with, with LED, with, well, not all LED, but cheap LED. And it's not, and it's not, it's not even the rolling shutter. Like it, it looks like that particular band of color where the color, cause it's more intense on the bottom because the lights are shooting up. Yeah. And so as it gets up, it becomes less intense uh, uh, or less saturated, I should say. That right in the middle spot, wherever that frequency is, is, is just... It, it's just it losing looks, it. It's like yeah. water. <laughs> Weird. So don't drop any shrooms before <laughs> you watch it. You might totally get lost, but it's less than five minutes. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is, I mean, it brings up a good point, though, that... Um, there are just a thousand cheap LED things on Amazon and mm-hmm. uh, Wish and Woot and AliExpress or whatever, and um, they're not all created equal. They're not, and definitely do some research. Um, there's there's quite a few quote unquote like LED shootouts, you know, on on YouTube and stuff from different guys, and um, they'll break down the the ten dollar LED and mm-hmm. the the ten thousand dollar LED next to each right. other and be like. You know, obviously, you're not going to get the same output or uh, color accuracy from the $10 to the 10000 But um, I would say almost more importantly, you know, just making sure that you're buying ones that are going to work with your with your setup, your camera setup and your yep. shutter and uh, frame rate and everything. Because that's that's really important. I mean, there's a couple. There's it a, is. There's a piece of software out there from, I think it's Digital Anarchy called Flickr, Flickr Free or something like that. It's like 150 bucks. You can buy it for a plugin for Premiere and After Effects, and it'll um, most of the time it'll salvage that footage. Yeah, um, I ended up telling you it about it after he, after you already uploaded. After it, I posted, I was like, yeah, whatever. And um, th- but I think what's what kind of sucks is like as as uh, video monitors have gotten better, their refresh rate has gotten better. Yep. And so now you don't see that issue on the screen, on the Atomos screen, because it's such a good screen. Right. And then you don't notice it until you get into post. You're like, oh, crap. Like, right. this is this is an issue. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I think, um, like, Quasar Science, they make LED tubes and RGB tubes and, and uh, daylight and tungsten balanced ones. Um really affordable i think nano light is another one um that's kind of affordable they're on amazon and um they're just they're maybe twice the price of like those these are these oh these would be awesome lights on amazon you know but they're worth it they they have the they have the hertz all dialed in and the frequencies Mm -hmm. right for uh for flicker and everything so uh, LEDs are still in the very much like the you get what you pay for kind of land. For sure. And now here's an interesting aspect of that too because so my color wash lights, you know, it's a they're very well built. They're grounded. They're, and they're, they're just a solid for what you pay for. It was like 44 bucks. I got a set of four of them. I'm like, sweet. Yeah. And then I've got this issue. 
And, 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 and bringing this up, this is exactly one of the elements of value that I love to bring to this podcast because we're talking about a real world scenario, real world problems and learning that lesson and then sharing what we're learning with everybody else. Yeah. Um, which is super cool. And that, and that's another element of the YouTube channel that I like doing too is, you know, I'm sharing what I'm learning so that maybe somebody can get there faster without having to go through the challenges that, that we've gone through. Um, but I also have really, really, you're doing that to me now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zach was so annoyed that I added all these sound effects to the board. And now <laughs> if you could see the look on his face, matter of fact, I might take a picture and post it on Instagram. I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> I finally, I finally got control got, of the board. Oh, back. Now he has a use for uh, these things. Yep. <laughs> it's all about who's controlling it is really what mm, the issue was. That, you know what? I think we, I think we really got to the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you, you have a very smug look right now. Like, <laughs> Oh, I'm very pleased with myself right now. So what I was saying was, is that I have these little mini LED tubes that also only cost 20 bucks Yeah, that I use for, for fill light um, because I'm shooting a lot of stuff at my desk or my stand-up workstation. And I've got, you know, there's, there's an LED panel light that is your, is the key, you know, the primary generate. Yeah, and then, and then, one. and it's not that expensive, yeah. but it's interesting that, you know, those, even though that they're they're inexpensive, they don't cause that that issue. So, right. yeah, it they're they're not all created equal, um, and it's kind of a you know trial and error type of thing where you 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 figure out how to make it work. And so right now, I shot in one six at, at uh, sixty frames per second. Which yep. isn't ideal. It's not really the look that I'm after, but to get that wash from gamers the love lighting. it though. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. So, um, but you know, and and then it's back to you know, do I get the software plugin or do I go back and mess around with? So, yeah, the next video I'm going to mess around with the shutter speed and see what I can dial in there. And yeah, I mean, I've I've learned that lesson many times from. Well, I, I think it probably started with shooting projectors, mm-hmm. um, because that that's a big issue with those is getting the the uh, shutter and angle and everything right with those. Um, but then as LEDs were introduced into stage situations for live concerts and things, um, they it you know the older LED technology was pretty rough. Yeah, uh, you were definitely going to get some issues, especially if you and older camera sensors, yeah, and older cameras, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, global shutter um, setups that definitely helps, and then your shutter angle and everything. But um, there's not there's not a whole lot of global shutter cameras out there. Most of the stuff that you're using is going to be uh, rolling shutter, so um, you're always going to have an issue. You just got to tweak it, and you got to figure it out, and you got to do some test shoots. Is the importance of uh, camera testing. Um, before your, you know, your productions are now, obviously like your, your, your YouTube review thing isn't something that you're, um, relying on necessarily like, um, somebody's paying you to do or whatever. And so it's a little different. Um, but 
yeah i mean that, that's why you have camera tests before you go into production on, on yep. music videos and stuff um at least in situations where you're not familiar with the rigs or whatever but uh yeah but i used i used a bunch of leds on on that bubble tint thing and uh no problem with those but again yeah, yeah not all created equal so right. yeah that's cool so what, what have you been watching oh um, watching anything man I, you know surprisingly i haven't watching a whole lot we, we've kind of been back in the office uh the last week so i haven't had as much at home time mm-hmm. um but the a couple things that i've been watching and uh one is is weekly release so i've been kind of bummed that i can't just binge all of them at once but it's the um the disney galleries which is a new series yes yeah and um this one this current season is focused on the mandalorian and uh it's just been fascinating it has been fantastic yeah listening to them at the round table talking through those things yeah it's got the directors and the the actors and you know favreau producer and um it's it's incredibly interesting and there's so much to learn from those and i like that they don't they don't hesitate to just like kind of leave the um what some people might think boring moments in the edit you know like this is clearly not um a series meant for just like casual viewers no and it it um though the conversation feels casual sure like it's a casual conversation um but i think if you didn't if you didn't care about filmmaking uh, or the process you would be bored you would shut it off or mandalorian or yeah right yeah um but there's i just there's a lot to learn from it and a lot of really cool nuggets in there and um the fourth episode which just came out on friday is talking about the technology side of it and um, we talked briefly with Matthew Libatique in the last episode about um, these LED walls and the Unreal Engine, and um, they really break break down, like break it down, and get into how it was created, where it originally started, and they talk about kind of the history of um, you know rear projection in film and yeah. stuff like that, and uh, you know Stanley Kubrick using it for two thousand one, and and all this other stuff, and and uh, it, it, it's super fascinating, and I love that they're not afraid to like disney's definitely um putting in the budget for this project and it's very cool to see like when they're talking about something disney isn't afraid to show that footage even though disney doesn't own that right you know that film right right they they're paying to put those clips in there and so when they're talking about 2001 they're showing 2001 you know and stuff like that and so you know it's it's really cool from a filmmaker side of it to just like I think see this new technology and how it's exploding and, and the way that they're they're talking about like you know there's a lot of post or sorry a lot of pre-production done and then the actors they get into talking about the wall mm-hmm. and um they call it there's a name for it i cannot remember somebody's yelling at me right now but um ah, they have a term that they call the whole thing i can't i can't remember what it's called but um the actors said they loved it because it was no longer you're working on like, you're not standing on a green box in front of a green screen with a green, you know, character in front of you that you're talking to. It's now you're completely immersed in the world. And once you, and I think, um, Oh gosh, who plays Apollo Creed? Uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Yeah. And, uh, so Carl Weathers is talking about it and he's like, as soon as you like, as soon as it clicks in your brain that like you're on set, 
it's the easiest thing in the world. And he wow. says he he says it's the it's been one of the most gratifying experiences filmmaking that he's had in a long time. Wow. Because I'm sure he's done, you know, green screen and stuff. And this is um to me it's it's another thing that just like it really helps it's like this isn't just there for budgetary. Right. It's there for the actors to give great performances as well. And then also cinematography to be as, you know, quote unquote real as it can be. And yeah. Uh, it's just it's just incredible to watch. So I, I definitely recommend the fourth episode um, for the technology side of it. It's it's amazing and uh, and it's super informative. So uh, I'm excited to see where the rest of these are going to go. Yeah, and you know what's cool? When I was thinking about it, I, I took a step back as I was thinking through this, and it was like they had to film this while they were filming, right? And so they were so they, they were filming yeah. another production, yeah, a whole show of the production that they were yeah. filming. Yep. So the the whole behind the scenes and kind of the unplugged and the discussions that they had, I mean, obviously the roundtables weren't necessarily a BTS, but right, um, and they could gather them later afterwards. But yeah, woven woven right. really well through to tell those stories and and even hearing those stories, like Carl Weathers, for example, his the character was just supposed to be some kind of cameo, right. Two episodes or yeah. three episodes and then done. And 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 then when they got him on the set, they're yeah. like, Oh, yeah. And he was supposed to have like, like prosthetics on and on. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. And then they're like, No, we need to write right write him write him. He, he, he brought up a good point too, and he was talking about like you don't hire Carl Weathers or any, you know, known actor for that matter because they're not Carl Weathers. Like why, right. why would you hire Carl Weathers when, and then put a mask on him when you could hire literally anyone with a deep voice right. and put a mask on him. And it's the same idea. Right. So yeah, for them to pivot. And I think that was another part of this is like, they talk a lot about like everyone just being open to mm-hmm. changing things in, yep. the, in the moment and being open to just like letting things happen. Um, and then, not being afraid to try things and uh, and it was it, man it's just inspiring honestly like it's a Absolutely. really great thing the flexibility at that caliber at that yeah. level um and i've you know we've heard plenty of those stories in the mcu with the improv that happens you know like do you one better why is gamora and that whole thing right um and we and and those are rich film moments that otherwise we wouldn't have so having that flexibility is is really key but i think even beyond that is the the attitude and the openness behind it right it's it's not like this very it's my way or the highway it's this very rigid Mm -hmm. like no this is how we're doing it um and and i forget the guy's name but he's worked with lucas for many years and he's kind of like oh, the, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, yeah. yeah. He's the 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 encyclopedia of yeah. Star Wars that's <laughs> yeah. speaking into this production and 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 they look to him like quite often mm-hmm. for, you know, yeah, knowledge base a- and accuracy yeah, right. on on the weapons, accuracy on the armor and and just the vibe. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. I mean, it, it it was very reminiscent of when Mark shared with us 
you know, the best films are the ones that are the most collaborative and you have the most mm-hmm. community in the production. And that's what that felt like. Yeah. I mean, even with Favreau having five other directors right. on, on this and then, and they were on the set together. It wasn't that like, really surprised me too. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, okay, you're directing this one and yeah. you're going to be, you know, siloed mm-hmm. here. And this is your vertical. And yeah. There's multiple times where all, all four of them, five of them are on the same set and, at the same time. Yeah. And the collaboration of, mm-hmm. they look to one another and say, hey, what do you see? Or what, you know, and I'm right. like, dude, that's dope right there. Yeah. It, it's it's really great. So, um, you know, I was talking about uh, how the screen and technology is helping actors, in, you know, buy into the set that they're in now. And um, another thing that, helps you know uh, actors really really get into what they're doing and, and feel like they're a part of the world that they're trying to create is um, props yeah and so another show that i got into and we just blazed through it yesterday and uh, that is um disney's prop culture all right so prop culture is this show on disney and they're talking about um old old films some of them are newer like they talk about pirates of the caribbean the first one and um it, it's interesting how detailed they get into some of these props and how these props actually really help actors you know like they're they're never going to have a close-up of some of the things that they build you know pieces of art for for these films but if that set or that prop or like that sword or that gun looks how it should for right that movie and that character it helps that actor jump into that character more and so um on disney yeah they have this show called prop culture and it's about this guy who is definitely in like the one percenter of like prop collectors he's that high scale you know Mm -hmm. um where he's got i don't know i mean like hundreds of thousands of dollars probably worth of set props and he knows other people that like this. He goes to this one guy's house for the Chronicles of Narnia, and like he has a whole upstairs that's just like screen used monsters and stuff, like animal wow. outfits from mm-hmm. Narnia, and it's like insane. Wow! And uh, you're like, this is this is a museum in itself, right? Of this stuff, and uh, but it's just it's it's so fascinating. And then they talk to like they go and they find these people. So like the first episode is about um, Mary Poppins. And they go and they find these the prop creators and the animators and they talk to them about like what the importance of doing all this was for the time and did they have any idea? And um, they talk about in 19, I think it was 1970, uh, Roy Disney, um, Walt Disney's brother, uh, started this archives for Disney. And so they started collecting memorabilia and, and props and, and things like that that they knew would be... Um, not so much valuable, but like, you know, wanted like things that right, pe- like they would some, something iconic, yeah, that, h- historical, yeah. yeah. And um, so they have just a few things because at the time when they made like Mary Poppins and was it sixty three or whatever, I can't remember when it came out, but um, they just threw a bunch of that stuff away after it was done because they had no idea what right, you know, yeah. they would be worth the umbrella or, and the right, hat and the bonnet right. and all that. Yeah. So a part of it is him going and he's trying to find the original umbrella and he doesn't he doesn't find it but he finds an, uh, a guy that found the original case molding 
for the umbrella head, the, the little bird and everything. And so he's been able to make replicas from the original molds. And Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's really incredible. And, and he goes and he finds, uh, of all places, she's in Phoenix, and uh, she's the choreographer for all of the dancing in Mary Poppins. And he brings her one of the chimney sweeps that they had and it was like very very brittle and like one of the original one of the original from the, from film, the yeah. movie that yeah. they found yeah and uh she she's got to be in her 80s or something and uh she's like oh can i can i touch it? and he's he's wearing like white gloves and everything and she just she ends up plucking a piece of the broom off and goes i'm keeping this and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> they should have right. gave her the whole thing i mean yeah i mean you at, know what at, i mean at what point I, though is it's like this is this is Disney's and it's not her. I mean, it wasn't hers necessarily. Well, that little piece is hers now. That hers, yeah, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the horror in that guy's face when he, she's pulling He's pretty it. like <laughs> wide-eyed, yeah. He's terrified. Right. Like, <laughs> and there's a couple of times where he goes and he meets, like he takes um, the original clothes to the original um, costume designer, who at the time was married to uh, Julie Andrews. And he like... The costume designer's like touching it and all, and he's like going through it, and the other guy's wearing the white gloves. And uh, the whole time, I'm just thinking, like, at what point does a Disney rep walk in and go, "Stop doing that," <laughs> you know? Right, because these yeah. are artifacts, you right? Know, yeah, museum artifacts. But he later on, he says, he says something like, "Yeah, you can go ahead and touch it. Your DNA is already on it," mm-hmm. because I guess it's it's more about new things and materials shouldn't touch it or interact with it yeah but if you've already used it then it's kind of yours in a way right so they don't don't worry too much about it later on but yeah i mean it's it's super interesting and um, they go into mary poppins and the original tron and the tron one is wild because it's like it's just a bunch of like foam and duct tape and and (laughs) electrical tape and that's all the costumes were because they knew they were gonna have to yeah it's all in post do yeah a bunch of stuff in the special effects in post so um and then there's a who frame roger rabbit and a like i said a a, uh, pirates of the caribbean but yeah there's i think uh, maybe 10 episodes it's really good though it's really fun and it's super um it's it's super wholesome when they when they go and they find these people that worked on these films and they talk about them and it's amazing how many of them say like oh it's just like seeing an old friend again sure, you know they, yeah. all of these people had such a connection with right you know uh these props and these these costumes and stuff like that and uh you don't you don't really think about it and it got, it got me thinking about like cinematography and um you know, a makeup artist too, you know, and we don't, some people don't really, some people on the team, you know, on the filmmaking crew don't have tangible right. things, you know, like um, when you finish on a, on a, on a film gig, you don't go and you see that f- camera 10 years later and think, oh, there she is. Right. You know, yeah. you just you don't have that um, right. or that light or whatever, you know. Well, um, unless it's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and then. then that's a prop though. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with the the cinematographer, you know. Sure, that's true. What I, what I'm saying is like they don't have any they don't have anything to go back and kind of except reminisce the film with. itself, it, right, right, right. And that that which is, is which which supersedes even props because props over time will deteriorate. Sure, the film potentially if, could last forever it, it, if taken yeah, care of. Yeah, yeah, if they do it right, and there's right. whole teams of people that are yeah. committed to doing that. So 
it just made me really respect. I mean, I already had a ton of respect for costume designers and art, art designers and prop creators and all that. But um, really, you kind of you respect how how in love they are with what they do. Yeah, and it was it was very just kind of inspiring to see um, that that connection yeah. that these people have with with those things. Yeah, I mean, I have I have some not necessarily screen props but i bought a one of the the black panther ring oh, his yeah. dad's mm-hmm. ring that he he got when he became king i have one of those on my shelf yeah um and i've i've got the plans on how to make a tesseract oh, because <laughs> making it it sounds more fun than just buying one sure um and i do have a tony stark's chest arc reactor oh yeah uh, sitting in a shopping cart somewhere online somewhere. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, the props and, and the replicas of those props, you know, you brought up pirates and I think about the coin. Yeah. Know, right. And, um, I have one of those laying around here somewhere too, mm-hmm. um, in a box in the garage doing nothing but collecting dust. <laughs> and that's, that's where a bunch of this stuff was right, too. Like yeah. they go to the director's house for Tron and he's got just boxes in his, you know, his shed. Yeah. And it's like, man, some of this stuff is really incredible. And yeah. he just doesn't, doesn't care, you right. know? And yeah. not that he doesn't care, but it's just kind of like, to, it, it means different to him than it does to fans. Right. You know, collectors right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, well, that's enough, I think, for me, with what I've been watching. I've got, I've got a list of other things. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog again, uh, Last Action Heroes, which is uh, a documentary on uh, Amazon Prime about 80s and, and 90s action films, uh, which is pretty interesting if you're into that. And then um, I watched uh, Brightburn, which is that evil Superman horror movie that James Gunn produced last year, and um, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, I mean, it, it, was, it, it was it was fun. it was nice to kind of see that superhero film, um, superhero story, I guess, in a very understandable and non like just headache inducing way because that's all the DC movies have mostly been to Ooh, me. Ouch. You know, shade. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple, but it's like <laughs> you're not wrong. I know I'm not. But it's like, you know, uh, the only ones that I can think of that are just straightforward storytelling to the point where it's, it's not a jumbled message. It's like, you know, Wonder Woman 1 and, and Shazam. Mm-hmm. Right. And everything else has just been this just noise of explosions and, and exposition and what is happening and who are these characters and why do I care? And, right. You don't. Uh, and you don't. <laughs> and so it was nice to kind of see something that just slowed down. and It's all about the eye candy. It is at it that really point, is. right? It really feels that way. Yeah, and if we're going to talk about eye candy, I mean, I guess we may as well bring up the... They're releasing the Snyder Cut, finally, and of, of Justice League. Oh, okay. So, do you know about this whole internet thing? I, yeah, you, you mentioned, the yeah, you mentioned it to yeah, me before. So, oh, so, it's actually happening. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Look, it's not going to save the movie. I don't care <laughs> who you think you are. Oh, just dude, hashtagging something for three years isn't going to make it a better movie. So this is out. the this is the cut that was the original before they brought Joss. This is Whedon actually, this is actually in, an, right. This is kind of interesting to talk about. Yeah, maybe we should spend a little time on it. So there's there's a whole thing here where yeah. So Snyder 
um, he comes in, and Justice League was supposed to be two films. Um, Steppenwolf was supposed to be the bad of the first, and then wh- who's the big gray monster that you see in the final version. But And then uh, Darkseid is supposed to show up at the end. Darkseid is like the, not the Thanos of DC, because he's even worse than Thanos. But anyways, Darkseid is supposed to show up at the end of the first one, and then they go into the second movie. And so then after what happened with Batman v Superman, um, WB kind of I, ironically just cut everything shorter because usually they're extending everything. They made the Hobbit three movies that it didn't need to be. And, right. And, uh, you know, Harry Potter is split into two movies in the last one, which I think is fine, actually. There's a lot going on there, so that makes sense. But, um, yeah, it, it's... Zack Snyder comes in and he's filming Justice League and they had a, a very different vision of it. Right. And he basically uh, is getting, I would say, probably red taped by the studios a little bit on this because they're worried about their money, obviously. I mean, they should be. It's their money. And uh, there wasn't you know, a whole lot of love for Batman v Superman. So he's going into it kind of not off on the right foot to begin with. Right. Uh, and then he unfortunately has a very, um, very personal moment. Uh, they, they lose the, their daughter. Mm-hmm. And so he steps away. Um, understandably, totally get it. Um, the, the timing of it kind of sucked uh, for a lot of reasons, obviously. Uh, n- none of which are more important than the loss of a, of a loved one. But um, he, there was already rumors that he was going to be let go and fired from the production anyways. And then it all kind of just happened. And, and a lot of people thought that it was um, just kind of like a perfect excuse for him to, to step down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't give a crap about any of that because I think what he did ultimately is the right thing. Um, you know, you, you lose your, your kid. You should be, you should be taking family first. You shouldn't be worried about this multi-million dollar movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um I wouldn't want to be have been in that situation, but yeah, I understand right. the loss. Yeah. Right. Um, so Joss Whedon comes in, uh, does some rewrites. They ultimately make the film lighter, uh, more Marvel esque. I think a lot of people would say. And well, that's why they brought Whedon in in the first place. Right. Yeah. Um, and the color grade just it just it feels weird. It feels like they clearly like went in and. Um, tried to brighten everything in post with saturation and and stuff. And it wasn't really shot that way. And so you could tell there was something about it. It just didn't, it just wasn't right. And um, so then they uh, neutered it down into one film with a bad guy that has no motivations whatsoever. You don't understand what's happening and and it's just explosions and eye candy. Again, lack of emotional investment with the characters in the audience. Um, whereas, you know, you got one whole movie and I know this is the easy comparison that everyone does, but it's storytelling and it works. You have one whole movie with Thanos and infinity war of, of his motivations and understanding that character and getting to know that character. And then you have the payoff of end game. Yep. And it's like, where was that for this? There wasn't. You know, you didn't. You didn't have that. They they got too quick to the team up movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you know what? They could somebody could have done the team up movie right, and and it would have worked, and it wouldn't have been a big deal, and we wouldn't even have this conversation now. But here's the thing: 
So now uh, HBO Max is coming out, which is HBO streaming service that's going to have a bunch of things um, like friends and uh, what's big bang theory and mm-hmm. all their all of the warner brothers stuff and uh they're going to release in 2021 the snyder cut of justice league they are yeah and they're actually it's f- interesting because there's been such a resistance for that and but such a uh fan push for it yeah and, and yeah. absolutely annoying fan push for it online and and the those fans that are doing it are uh, oftentimes the most just ridiculous people where where it's like wb posts any trailer for any movie that they're creating whether it's like a rom-com or something else (laughs) completely unrelated completely (laughs) unrelated but because it's wb it just gets flooded with a million, you know, hashtag release the Snyder cut comments yeah. on YouTube and Twitter and wherever. somebody wrote, somebody wrote some script, uh, some bot is on the yeah. internet, just probably bombarding yeah. it until they get what they want. So, <laughs> I mean, here's, here's my problem with it now is, um, they're not just releasing Zach's, you know, work print or rough cut or whatever. They're actually putting another $20 million into post-production to finish some of the shots and potentially do some reshoots four years later. Really? It's insane. Wow. So here's my problem. I mean, do they think that with that release that they're going to recoup that 20 million and then some because, yeah, I think they think they're going to get a bunch of subscribers that are going to out, you know, out cost the, the 20 million that they're going to put in it. Wow. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have maybe $5 million worth of subscribers and then everyone else is going to torrent it. Yeah. Because as soon as one person puts it on the bay, it's done. Right. And everyone can get it. No one needs to pay for it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're not going to have a home release outside of HBO Max, so it's not like you can go and get a Blu-ray of it. So this introduces a lot of problems, I think. Um, one, you've now made mob mentality the winner. Right. Um, which yeah. is always a bad thing yep. to let happen. Um, because immediately after they announced that they were going to release the Snyder Cut, like the next day or maybe the next hour, I can't even remember, um, they started a new hashtag, uh, release the air cut for Suicide Squad. Oh, no. Here we go. And it was Im- almost Pandora's immediate. box. Right, yeah. right. So now yeah. it's like, well, uh, sorry, WB, you have no one else to blame but yourselves right. because yeah, you're wow. doing this. Wow. And so AT&T, who owns uh, Warner Brothers, they you know, they had to come out and they said one thing at a time about the release the air cut thing. So there's, there's number one that's the issue. The other thing is, what does this say about the overall filmmaking process to begin with when you can go in and throw $20 million at something that where does it fall in line with the storytelling right. of the overall cinematic DC universe? Uh-huh. And um, then at what point, at what point is it like, Oh, this is bad. We messed this up. And, yeah. And this, this movie can never live up to the hype that it has created. Yeah. Uh, one it's not going to be better. It's just not, it's not going to be better. Yeah. I saw justice league, it was a mess. There's no way that it was only a mess because of Joss Whedon coming in. Right. It was it was that way from the beginning. Yeah, I saw Batman v Superman, and that was completely Zack Snyder, and it was a mess. 
So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think that this was a good call at all yeah. from anyone involved with this and to throw even more money at it. Now I can understand like, because there are versions of movies out there where it's like they come with every version that was made, you know, Blade Runner is one of these mm, it comes with mm-hmm. five versions of the movie on the Blu-ray. Right. And you know, the work print doesn't have finished effects and all this stuff. And it's like, that's kind of cool to see. Right. Yeah. But and they could have done that with this. Yeah. But to pump more money into it, now you're, one, you're confusing audiences because is this version that connects to Wonder Woman 2 and Shazam or is it Zach's or Joss's original version that connects to those movies? Like where where's the storytelling yeah. going where, from here and what is real and what's canon and what's not? Sure, and then, and then even on a more rudimentary level, like can you trust WB... In their filmmaking, no. like no, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, and it's not, it's not like I've seen Fantastic Beast too. It's terrible, and, and but that's it's all not them. like all of the stuff that's come out of there is bad. It's no. not. There's been some amazing stuff that's come out of there. Um, you know, uh, well, Harry Potter, the whole series, yeah, Harry yeah. Potter, Matrix, I believe. If, yeah, if, yeah, you're right. And, and but there's a fourth one of that coming out now, uh, so who knows where that's going? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of we'll see. You yeah. know, it's like we'll wait and see. But yeah. so, but but what what is that saying yeah. about? Oh, maybe you know. And I think for maybe the casual moviegoer, they they don't they don't think through that. That's not a you know they're not like right. oh what studio produce you know. And, uh, those are more of the cinephiles like you and I, but um, I just think it. Yeah. I just think it opens up, like you said, the Pandora's box, and it yeah. sets precedence for a lot of negative things to happen down the road. Yeah. And it's not something that I think should have ever been done. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, it feels just the same as the inappropriateness of George Lucas never releasing the original theatrical cuts of star Wars, the original trilogy and even Disney now. And I think we're finding out that that was some of the, the, uh, the fine print in Lucasfilm selling to Disney is that they can't, that he was, he was like, you cannot release the original versions. And so it's resorted to people having to like, right. And cut when their you, own versions. And when you the say the original version, I mean the theatrical theatrical release from, from 77, 80 yeah, and 83 yeah. without yeah. the special effects. Yeah. Without the other scenes. Well, even, even yeah. without the title crawl because, well, not the title crawl as a whole, but, um, in, uh, either 79 or 80, uh, before empire strikes back came out, they re-released 77 star Wars and then they titled it A New Hope and put the episode four title crawl in it. Right. The original does not have that. Right. And um, so that would be the original version of uh, Star Wars 77 or A New Hope, as most people call it. And then even in, um, there was changes made to Empire Strikes Back after mm-hmm. theatrical release. Uh, and then in 1997, George goes and does the special edition versions. And that was basically all you could find right. um, until the Blu-ray release, which then had an additional changes on it right and then we're finding out that now the blu-ray versions the 4k versions that are on disney plus also have additional changes on them that (laughs) george made when he still owned lucasfilm and he was prepping them all to be re-released for 3d and then that stopped after the second one because no one cared right and uh, it's just crazy and i think that is yeah i get it i get that star wars is george's vision but it's like 
it's super uh, inappropriate and disrespectful, I think, to those original crews, those original actors, those original voice actors. I mean, Boba Fett's voice isn't isn't Boba Fett's voice anymore. It's right. the guy that played Jango Fett in Clone Wars. And it's like, well, you know, what are you saying about those original actors that you're going back and replacing? And so to me, this is very similar to that. Yeah. Um, I like the way that um, Ridley Scott went about Blade Runner. Here's all the versions. Here's my version that I think right. is the is the best version. And he calls it the final cut. But I'm not going to erase these other ones from history. Sure. And I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, and that's kind of a different. Um, I mean, the Blade Runner is is kind of got this cult following, and and I think those releases were to honor that. Sure, that's probably true. It's, yeah, it's a little bit different approach or attitude than. I'm going to tweak and keep tweaking and keep tweaking and make this other release. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, there's a different, uh, uh, there's a different attitude in that. And I think um, where Lucas suffers from is that perfectionism yeah. scenario where uh, you, you can tweak the thing to death and finished is better than perfect. Yeah. And I think, you know, when sometimes these films get shot and produced and then they go into post and then they rework and then they reshoot and then they re, you know, and it's just this cycle yeah. of trying to, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about getting it right. But when getting it right becomes this obsession right. for perfection mm-hmm. that, and on in, in in most cases, very rarely is ever truly the thing. Yeah, right. The Star Wars original release as the theatrical release, not New Hope, Star Wars, was perfect in its completion. Right. So to go back and keep tweet like it annoys the tar out of me when I see Solo step on uh, uh, um, Jabba the Hutt's tail. Oh, yeah. It, it's so annoying. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what happened. Right. That we didn't, even if it was, we didn't need to see that. Yeah. It was a cut scene that for a reason. Yeah. It yeah. was, it, I, like, I know. Oh, dude, yeah. come on. And, and, and it's like for maybe the cult fans that want to see some of the cut, cut room floor stuff as an additive you know, as uh, unreleased scenes or right. stuff like that. Like we even got that for, for uh, um, was it Endgame or Infinity War? I think it was Endgame. Endgame when they released. Oh, sure. When yeah. it was the other release and then they had the extra the stuff. The unfinished at the end. stuff, which is well, fine. It was unfinished. Yeah. And it was this cool scene with the Hulk rescuing people with this dish. Totally unneeded thing. though. It didn't yeah. add a single thing yeah. to the story. It was it was entertaining, but the story is already three hours long. Right, they had to and that, and like I said in my review, you could have cut it another twenty or thirty at minutes. least. I would say twenty. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, you don't need to keep tweaking and re-releasing. And so I agree on the you know the I mean that's a slippery slope. Um, it could set a bad precedence and. You know, for the Uber, Uber, Uber fan, they don't care. They want, just give me the content. Yep. Give, uh, and I want every single aspect and print yep. that I can get my hands yep. on. It's fine. 
But, I mean, but what happens when the dogs are going to bite the hand that feeds? Eventually. Because there's no way that this lives up to the hype. And then it's like when, when the reviews come out for it that it is garbage. Is just the same as the original version that was released. And we just lost another $20 million. <laughs> right. And it's like, what did you gain by, you know, championing for this online for right. three years? Like, I mean, was it, was it worth it? And if it is not good, which it's not going to be, it's just not. And what does that mean? What does that do to Zack Snyder? Now, well, now yeah. it's like, does, wh- wh- where does his, Ego go, and I mean that in like a in a in a in a depressed way. I mean because he's already just been like release the cut, release because he's had people on his on his side for years championing for him. But then when it comes out, he's going to get a bunch of negative press again. Like, what does that do to your psyche? Sure, yeah. You know, I mean that, that's not healthy for him as well. No, it's not. It's not healthy for anybody, and it's not healthy to let the trolls win. It, yeah, that's when the, the trolls win, then it, you, it's just gonna and you know, yeah, it just feeds more trolls. So we're and gonna if you're get a Snyder fan, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling you a troll. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that internet trolls can't control. Shouldn't. Yeah, shouldn't control what the studios are releasing or what they're reinvesting in. Right. What immediately comes to mind is what other film that's on the table, what script on the table right now that could have been made for that same 20,000 that was a gem or 20 million. Yeah. That was a gem like uh, the marriage story. Yeah, right. Like what what are we not going to get because of that? Right. Think of all those. Yeah. I mean, Invisible Man, $7 million to make that movie. Yeah. You could have made almost three for the price of what you're doing for this four-year-old movie yeah. to come out on a streaming service right. where no one's going to be happy with it no matter what it looks like. Right. Um, it, it's just insane. Um, and and I, I think it's a, it's a negative for the industry, and it's not a great move. And uh, someone... He's going to be learning about this in film school in 10 years <laughs> about how not to do something um, right. or how to do something. Maybe this thing blows up and it's a great whatever. I highly doubt it. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. So, if anything, at least we're going to get some um, Larry Fong cinematography, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from it getting totally thrashed in color grading because they wanted it to be happier and brighter. <laughs> um, but that's a WB thing, not not his fault at all. No. And, um, yeah, so I'm just... I'm. I am curious. I will. I, I'm the only reason I'm going to watch it is because I get it for free because sure. I have AT and T cell phone service. So that's, that's the I would never pay for this. Um, so I'll check it out. Of just I mean, it's going to have to be a really slow week for me. Yeah, to watch that. Yeah, or I'll just have you come over and I'll be like, "Hey, let's watch this and drink at the same time. <laughs> drink after every time something happens that we, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're that's the only way we're gonna get through it. Out yeah, by, by twenty half minutes time. in, it's like oh. <laughs> this movie's yeah, so good, it's so this good, is man. The best thing I've ever seen. Go back into work, like, man, did you guys see that? <laughs> I don't remember any of it, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that's funny. All right, well, I think that's enough about. Zack Snyder and uh, Justice League. Uh, what else have you been watching? Um, well, I've been, you know, you know me. I watch a lot of stuff. Uh, um, Ghost in the Shell, yeah, twenty forty five, and that might not be the whole title. Um, it's an anime series. It's oh, it's uh, a series, not it, a movie. Correct. Oh, okay. And uh, so, um, 
And then Sister Seven, Scissors, sorry, Scissors Seven, which is another anime thing. And then Last Dance, been watching some of the Last Dance. But I'm in this perpetual state of disappointment. Okay, tell me and more. And then it's not, okay, <laughs> it's not because stuff is bad. Like, so Ghost in the Shell, uh, totally got into it. Now, the animation is, is really more like a video game. Okay. So it's like this 3D-esque, video game-esque. It's not 2D, like it, no. the original. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, but it's based on the Ghost in the Shell anime series. Same character. Um, but the disappointment is this. Is that there's, there's this cliffhanger end to the series. And this, I'm sitting in the same seat with uh, Casa de Papel or Money Heist, depending on where you're watching it. Right. Um, after four seasons, and this Ghost in the Shell is see the first, it's either one or two seasons. Um, is it now I'm sitting in this cliffhanger, and I know they're not in production. Um, that's your complaint? I'm like... I, how long do I have to wait? Oh my god! I mean, the disappointment goes, problem goes all the way back to the Umbrella Academy. It's like sweet, so looking forward to, and then ah, oh. it's actually really funny to bring that up because that comes out in two weeks. Okay, in June. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> because I'm like, if I see one more show with a cliffhanger that's going to keep me waiting for six more months. It's almost as bad as yeah. when, when. Well, don't don't spoil nothing for nobody. No, I'm not. It's almost as bad as when Infinity War dropped, and you know you had to wait a whole another year before you could oh, see Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, because you know they filmed them together, and you know the whole they yeah, just release them a month apart. Who cares? Like, come on, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let me go watch it ten times in theater first, and then release it. Yeah, and then go watch oh. yeah that one twenty two times. So. Okay, enough of me whining. Yeah, jeez. Crybaby whine. Well, yeah. it is a good point, though, because, like, Westworld just finished, and then Outlander, and it's two shows that my wife and I watch, and it's like, they were supposed to go back into a production, like, last month, and this isn't, this is going to delay things so much more yeah. than I think people realize. Yeah. Even if they can start production back up next month, it's not going to look the same. It's not going to be the it's same. It's not going to be the same yeah, speed. Right. It's not, yeah. So things are going to get pushed back much further than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah. The only stuff that's going to come out is stuff that's already done. Right. Um, or is just, can be completely so finished in post-production. Fingers crossed, Black Widow's done. Because we it were sounds supposed like it to is, already right. see it. Yeah, it, it was, was supposed last to month? release this week. This, oh, this week. Wow, yeah. Supposed to, but... Well, let's talk about the our, our Lord and Savior of the cinema, apparently, which is uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which was okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I got to share this because this is really funny. I was so juiced when I got the text or the notification that the new Tenet trailer was dropping. I immediately text you, or did I call you? You texted me like a link. Yeah, I texted you the link, and it was the immediate, I heard the sigh through the phone and the eye roll, and you're like, <sighs> disappointed. And I was like, what? Like, you had seen it already, I said, and I didn't, and I was like, what's happening okay, right now? Let me set the scene here. <laughs> so, you, you, I, I had heard that the Tenet trailer was going to drop, 
and I was like, I'm, to myself, I'm debating whether or not I want to see it. Because I'm like, do I want to just right, go right. in completely cold now? Right. Um, by the way, go ahead and watch it because I have no idea what the hell is happening in and it. And nobody else does either. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. You can just watch it. Um, it's, a, it's actually a half a trailer and then half of it's reround. And they show you the rewinding. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you're not far off, actually. Yeah. That's, it's not really a full trailer. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of right. Um, but... Okay, you, you text me that, and I'm and I'm expecting, and I see Tenet, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then I read the rest of the link that you sent me, mm-hmm. and it's like, Tenet premiere inside Fortnite. Right. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? Right. <laughs> First of all, Christopher Nolan has no idea what Fortnite is. Sure. He doesn't care what yeah. Fortnite is. Does he have kids? I mean, I'm sure Probably, but he doesn't care. And uh, it does not scream like something that, Christopher Nolan had any well let me ask you this here's an interesting question because um gosh now I'm totally drawing a blank music artist just dropped a major like had a show in Fortnite like they had a well Dead Mouse did something yeah Dead Mouse did uh Marshmallow I think was part of it too yeah so some some really premier artists musician artists did like these concert shows that, that's on totally a different platform. Though. That's different. Here's the tie-in. Are those artists on a Warner label and is Tenet a Warner movie? Yes to that's Tenet. Probab- that's probably... But Dead Mouse is not on Warner. Dead Mouse is on Mousetrap Records, which is his own right, thing. Right, yeah, now. yeah. Um, but I, the other artist was Mel- like Marshmallow Tracy or, oh, I don't know. or it was like a hip-hop artist, a pretty big hip-hop artist. Maybe, but I don't. I mean, I don't think Warner owns. Warner doesn't own Epic Games, who makes Fortnite. So I don't think so. Yeah. No, but it isn't the it isn't the Fortnite platform. It was that on their music label, their associate music label. Oh. They were doing that. Maybe that idea came from them. And maybe that's how it got that way. Yeah, I could see that. Here's the difference, though: is music is your ears. Yeah. Um, Movies are your eyes, right? And Fortnite is played on uh, a lot of mobile screens and small handheld like iPad and and PlayStation mm. stuff. It is more, mo- yeah, mostly on consoles, I mean, it's mostly and computer, and, yeah. But here's here's what I'm saying though: is if you go and you research this and you just Google search Fortnite Tenet, you'll see screenshots of how you had to watch the movie, which was on this. Um, Fortnite created like projector screen within the game mm-hmm. that I'm not even sure you could full screen and watch it. So it was like a windowed that to me, that is not how I want to see something as sure. grand sure, yeah. as a Christopher Nolan film for then the first you, time. Then you quickly move to YouTube and yeah, you go and you Google search, right? You YouTube trailer, search yeah. the actual trailer, which is exactly what I did. And I didn't even go to Fortnite at all. I mean, I don't have Fortnite downloaded, so I couldn't do it anyways, but my point being is that if you want to go to an EDM concert within Fortnite, awesome, great. I mean, I'm sure they can do some and cool. It's probably and stuff. the right demo, and it, it's right, and, and that yeah. makes sense. And uh, all you're doing is you're just you're just hanging out and listening. But when a medium is so visual that it it's everything about it is about the aspect ratio and the detail and the size, which is very Christopher Nolan because it's so much IMAX sure, and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Fortnite is not the right platform 
yeah. to highlight that. And I don't think that that was his choice. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Right, yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I made the joke about Lord and Savior Christopher Nolan because um, there's all these articles coming out that Tenet is the movie that um, when it comes out in July, it's going to be the one that lets other studios, all studios know whether or not they can start putting movies back in the theaters again. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of wow. the whole... The whole theater experience is resting on tenant right now well that's that's an interesting element that i didn't even give it thought to here's here's the thing the 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 line of thinking that i had with tenant was is that um we we've had a lot of amazing movies in the last 30 years yeah um 20 years let's say 20 years um but n- none like the matrix that really changed filmmaking style. Like there, there were technologies that were developed in matrix that has kind of permeated that particular film has had that kind of an impact way beyond what they had, had intended like when they set out to make it. Um, And I think this is going to be another one of those types of films. I think this film in Nolan's approach in how he films it. And like, we've only seen little glimpses with the trailers, but I think how they do this is going to have a matrix like effect on movie making for the next 20 years. And that is making a big statement of not even seeing the film yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's going to have that kind of impact. Now, interesting that on top of that, we're in this kind of what is going to the theater look like yeah um will will and, people and, go and the impact in in a physical realm in that sense of the movie watching experience and that what that's going to look like so yeah it's a big deal i mean i'll be there yeah uh you know i'll be there with my my gloves and my mask on and yeah. uh I miss the movies. Actually, I, I have a suit for you that you can go. You have a hazmat suit. For I do. Perfect. I straight up have a hazmat right. suit. You it's do. a legit hazmat suit. The gloves, oh. like, are sealed. It's the. It's if you watch uh, Outbreak, it's the one oh, that wow. Dustin Hoffman's wearing. Gosh. Um, and I got an XL. Mm. And, and oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Hey, I'm XL. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll squeeze into it then. It's actually. It's actually. A big for well, I'm an sure XL. It's supposed it'll to be. fit you. It it it'll it's way big on. For me. those that don't know, I'm a very large man. I'm yeah. six four, and and I got some weight. But uh, yeah, I, I this you're is, not you're not fat. Uh, uh, this isn't what this is you're turning fluffy. into. Let's not turn this into that. <laughs> I'm not looking for that. <laughs> but six four. Anyways, tenet. <laughs> yeah, let's stop talking about my weight and my size real quick. I don't know. Uh, it, it's interesting. I think. I think it's it's uh, it's probably not the right movie to gauge whether or not people um, are going to go back to the theaters because I think you're going to have people are going to go go anyway right so you already you already movie, have yeah. idiots going out and doing things that they shouldn't be doing um, to a, a degree that's not safe. I mean, I'm not talking about just going out to eat like you were talking about. That's totally different. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like people going to the beaches and and all these parties and stuff like that and that's too like that's that's way too much so now you're gonna you're definitely gonna have people going to the theater 
But are you going to have people going to the theater because it's a the theater, or are you going to have people going to the theater because it's another Christopher Nolan movie? To me, I think it's that. And Absolutely. so I think you're going to have people going for the Christopher Nolan aspect of it, and then somebody's going to release another movie two, three weeks later, and no one's going to see it, and they're going to think, oh, that movie flopped because it was a bad movie. No, it's that movie flopped because it wasn't a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, and movie flopped because there was a resurgence in COVID well, cases. Well, that's possible too, right? And it's worse than the first. You know, like the first go round, right? For the Spanish flu, three million people died. The second wave of it, after the reopening yeah. of all the thing, killed thirty million people. Right. Ten x. So if we don't learn our lessons, um. I mean, if it, you know, and it's also going to be an interesting thing to see if that, if they release Tenet in the theaters, how soon they release it to stream. Yeah, that's, that is the question. Is it going to be within that three week window or is it going to be? I, I think you know, they'll have it in the theater for at least a month. That's probably something that Christopher Nolan like is requiring. Um, and then they'll drop it to streaming or, or blu-ray yeah. they're probably already making blu-rays of it now blu-rays really you think i would say so because i think they're going to want that home release as soon as possible because but they have no idea what's going to happen there's still a significant market for i'm just i'm media? just saying home release oh, yeah. i think they're just getting those home releases yeah, yeah. done now uh and made because if this thing it if they do drop it in the middle of july and they make 10 million dollars the first weekend yeah they're going to be like okay release the dvds you know right. what i mean or, or the yeah. streaming date that we're gonna have it online so um release the hounds release the hounds <laughs> release the tidbits. <sighs> i have no idea what the movie's about it looks crazy the cinematography looks gorgeous yeah. um so that that's a plus yeah. i uh, mean i love I, gosh i just love the time space twistiness of nolan's to uh, every movie lately it seems man, like it's so good it's yeah. so good he's got a real hard on for that i mean like he's in love with uh out of i don't know unorthodox time yeah, timelines in his films elements yeah of, yeah yeah memento cool. to this and yeah it's mm -hmm. just there's a lot of there's a lot of that in there inception especially but um by the way inception is not a difficult movie to understand if you don't understand it i don't know what to tell you but anyways. especially considering how many breakdown videos there are know, on youtube million, for yeah. it <laughs> the real meaning behind the ending of inception yeah okay it's not that difficult man it's is it, it it's like is that the real meaning though that's yeah, just your interpretation of sure. the real meaning uh yeah. nolan nolan makes uh s smart movies for dumb people yeah in the sense of uh it's they're they're very enjoyable to watch there's nothing wrong with them yeah um but they're i would say they're surface level uh sci-fi elements yeah. uh, it's it's no um hard sci-fi with weird like you're not getting into the the depths of chemicals and in molecules and things like that yeah, and yeah. actual time yeah, travel and all of the, yeah, there's from no ant-man like come on <laughs> well <laughs> or, or 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 the 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 time loop stuck in with dormammu in doctor strange i mean that like, is one on. of the best that's so fun that <laughs> whole scene is so fun anyways i think we've talked enough today uh um yeah i think we're good yeah great it's been fun it's been fun 
been fun to get back together and do this again. Yeah, um, burritos were good. Burritos were good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Eric, you want to close this out? Yeah, if I can remember how to do that. You can do it. <laughs> I have faith in you. Well, thanks again, guys, for hanging out with us. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out some of our other episodes uh, with most recently Matthew Libatique as we talk cinematography, um, as well as many other great episodes. And you can find those on your favorite streaming platform. Um, you can find Zach Abbott's on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is his jam, and that's at Zach Abbott's. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Eric Thurston. You can find the Easy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns, Zach loves to read all of those. And you can send them to the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.